aren't you glad his goodness and mercy is running after you? Amen. Is on your trail. Amen. His love and compassion. Amen. Let's just go to him in prayer. Father, Lord, we can truly testify, Lord, tonight all our life you've been faithful. There hasn't been one moment, Lord, of you not being there for us. Lord, moving upon our hearts and lives, coming in our midst, Lord, and changing us. God, even through our wrongs and our faults and our failures, you've been faithful. Lord, even in our times, Lord, of walking away, Lord, you remained. God, we're so thankful we serve a faithful God. You've always been there for us, Lord. You never failed us, never forsaken us. There are hard times you've been there, through difficult times, through sickness, through every kind of situation we could ever face, Lord. We can testify you've been faithful. Lord, tonight we just ask that you would once again come by and speak to our hearts. Just help us, Lord, I pray. Come and move in a mighty way. We ask it for your glory. In Jesus' name. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 1. Amen. I'd like to speak to you again tonight on light. Amen. I don't know about you, but I enjoy light. Amen. I, I believe it's something to that. Amen. God is light. Amen. I'd like to speak to you on attracted to the light. John chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. Now there was a man sent from God whose name was John, the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. Now he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Amen. God bless you this evening. You can be seated. Amen. He was that true light. I love how the scripture says, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Now, whether they acknowledge that light or not, it does not matter. They was, their life has been touched by that light. Amen. And, you know, we find, of course, when he came 2,000 years ago, as John would say, he came to the world, and the world that was made, for, made for, by him and for him and through him, but the world knew him not. And he even came to his own, his own people that he had called and called out to be a, a elect people, a separated people. We know they did not receive him. But those who did receive them... He gave them power to became, become that same light. Amen. You know, in the book of John, there's many references to light. Jesus being the light of the world. Jesus being lifted up as the light. 
you know, as a lighthouse that would give guidance through treacherous waters to warn of dangerous places, but also as a light to attract the attention of the believer. Now, we can read, and I'm going to go through these really quickly, but in John 3, 14, he said, Moses was lifted up in the, as a serpent under the wilderness, even so much the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that the light is coming to the world, but men love darkness rather than light. Now they saw the light, they seen what the light done, but they loved the darkness better than the light because their deeds were evil. Now if you see someone who likes darkness more than light, you know there's something wrong with them. There's something that they're trying to hide because they know if they come into the light, that light will reveal what's on the inside or what their, their deeds that they're doing. He said, for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Also in John 8, verse 12, Jesus spake again to them, saying, I am the light of the world, and he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. In John chapter 9 and verse 1, as we had even speak about last Wednesday, the blind man said, Jesus passed by and he saw a man that was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus said, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the work of God should be made manifest in him. And he said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. But as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And so he was saying this man was put in this place that the light of God could shine upon him and show, amen, who he really is. And John chapter 12 and verse 44, it says, Jesus cried and he said, he that believeth on me, believeth, believeth not on me, amen, but on him that sent me. And he that seeth me, seeth him that sent me. I am come, I am, I am come a light unto the world and whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. And so we know, amen, that in, there may be dark and we talked about the things that are around us and, and we see it getting every day. It's just getting darker and darker. But in the, it's in the darkness that light can really shine. It's in the darkness that light actually, you know, begins to really show what it is. And light, you know, is an attracted. It's a, it's a drawing power. Amen. As we said, in darkness, it's more, it's more effective. The, more, the darker it is, the more effective light can be. But a light can't be hid. It has to be lifted up. And this is why Jesus would say, I'm to be lifted up. And when I'm lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. I'll attract men, amen, unto me. But I have to be lifted up. Now, we know what he was speaking about as a brass serpent was lifted up, amen, between heavens and earth as a, as a, as a place to where men could look that had been bitten by serpents and, and were dying from a serpent's bite. They could look at that and be healed. And he said, I'm going to have to be as a light. 
might be lifted up where men can look at me and they can be healed of that serpent's bite. And, you know, we know that this light had to be lifted up so it could draw. Now, you know, you don't put a light, you know, in a, in a hole somewhere in your front yard or under a bush somewhere. You put it to where it'll draw or it attracts. It'll, it'll bring something to your home or, you know, whatever you're trying to do. And we know, but we know that the, this light, it'll not only attract faults, but it'll also attract true or it'll not only attract the true, it'll also attract the false. And that's because it's the same power, the same sun that draws the wheat out of the ground. It also draws the tear out of the ground. Amen. It's the light that is drawing them. It's the light that is pulling them. And it's the same light that draws the real, draws the false. And, you know, but, but God would use light many times to the scripture and as a pillar of fire or as an angel of light or, or something that would attract men's attention. He would do this to Moses as Moses was out on the backside of a desert. And we know his story. And he would turn and he was attracted, you know, by a bush that burned. Now, it had to be in a place where God knew Moses would see it. So therefore, he wouldn't put it behind a rock. He wouldn't put it somewhere. You know, what good would it do to just have a light somewhere burning? But it had to be in a place lifted up to where Moses, it would attract Moses' attention. Now, we find out that this was the angel of God or the angel of the Lord that was in the bush. And, and he began to speak to Moses. Now, you know, Moses had been in a bitter failure. He had tried to deliver the children of Israel. He had tried to do, amen, that 40 years before that and became a failure. And Brother Branham said he had lost all vision of victory. He had lost all vision of freedom for the people that was enslaved by Egypt. And, you know, he said, I wonder sometimes, you know, if the church of God, knowing that God has promised to deliver the church from its sin or, or from its sickness and, and make us a people that, that the earth will hunger to, and thirst to be like. Like, you know, but in our own, he said, our own human efforts and our home, own human theologies and, and our fine churches and things. And we tried to build and present to people a God of many years ago. And we find out that that all failed. He said, but God has a real light that still shines. This is still an attracting, still something, a drawing power. Amen. I believe that it's not just our building that's a drawing power. We got a beautiful building and we got a beautiful facilities and God's blessed us in many ways, but that's not the true drawing power of the church of the living God. Amen. It's not even the people that's a true as far as, a, a, you know, their standings of society. And we got to have so many that's on this, uh, on, in this government role or, or this high society and they become this successful. That's not the true drawing power of the church of the living God. What is the true drawing power of the church of the living God and what really holds the people of God is the light of God. It's the pillar of fire that's in the midst of the church. And, and that's what we want in our church. It's not just a fine building. It's not just a fine facilities and things that we've got and God has blessed us with, but we've got to have the pillar of fire. We have to have the true light of God that is pulling, that is drawing, that is calling all men unto me. Amen. It's not even a ministry as a man can do or a man can, you know, it's not a man-made thing, what I'm trying to say. It's God anointing gifts and placing gifts in a body. Amen. And the gospel, the power of the gospel being preached and the light of God going out into the highways and the byways. Amen. Because there has to be a light in this time that we're living in. Because obviously there must be still true seeds of God out there in darkness. Therefore, it has to be a light 
lighthouse or light in this dark time that we're living in to draw, to pull, amen, to hold, to amen, that people can come to, not just because they see a good church, but because they saw a good building and a beautiful place, but they see there's a power there. There's something on the inside of them that has pulled Satan. It's not just, just them. It's not just the people. It's not just the structure, but there's something that's moving. There's a Holy Ghost on the inside. They may not be able to describe it, but they can feel it. They can, they can see it. Amen. And this is what pulled Moses. It wasn't a rock. It wasn't just some beautiful mountain out there. He saw that all of his life, but there was something different that morning that he got up. There was a bush that began to burn. There was a light that attracted his attention. And we see here, you know, Brother Bam talks about that. He said, but the problem is, he said, instead of the Holy Spirit leading the church, he said, we got off the real principles and the real thing God told us to do. We left all of that and we lost our divine joy. Amen. And now our vision is dulling and, and people are not looking for the coming of the Lord yet atomic bombs are hanging in hangers and, and things that will destroy the world all at once and people have lost their vision of the Lord. He says, he says, see, we must turn loose and let God do the things that he promised he would do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, how can we do these things without the Holy Spirit? You're not going to do it because you got a fine church. You're not going to do it because your church is full of people. You're not going to do it because you got a certain man or a certain music or certain that. You're going to do these things that's in the Word of God, and these promises are going to be fulfilled because of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God moving and attracting, amen, the people of God. Amen. We can't do it without the Holy Ghost. I don't even want a service without the Holy Ghost. I don't want a day without the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God and the pull of God in our lives. I want that to be even like tabernacles drawing. Amen. As the power of God moving in our midst. Hallelujah. Not just a get together, not just a few times, some good music. I want the power of God drawing us. The Holy Ghost pulling us. The light of God pulling us. That is the attraction on the mount. Amen. It's a burning bush. It's not what we can do in our own learning and our own abilities. He said, see, fire brings attraction. Amen. Usually the Holy Spirit, when it comes in the manner of fire, it attracts the attention of people. He said when Moses turned aside, considering this burning tree that would not burn up, and out of him spoke a fresh vision by the angel. Amen. You got to have the light to get a fresh vision. You got to have the Spirit of God to get a fresh vision. He said, watch faith begin to take hold. All things are passed away, but now Moses has a new vision. He has a revelation. He has an experience. He has met God. He's talked to him face to face. Not only has he read about it, not only has he got what his mama told him, but now he has his own experience. Now he's been attracted by the light and the light has gave him a new vision. Oh, hallelujah. Now, that's why we see churches dying because the light has gone out. Therefore, with the light going out, amen, amen, the vision is dulling and, and they don't see a God who could do things like he used to do and still do them. Healings still take place and deliverance still take place and the power of God still changes people. 
Therefore, they begin to make excuses. Well, mercy's over and this and that and the other. Amen. What is it? They've tried to make a but instead of asking God to say, Lord, we need a real birth. We need a real uh, rejuvenation of the Spirit of God. Amen. They begin to make an excuse why he ain't there. Amen. Not, but now, not only did he have what he read and what he heard from his mother and from maybe somebody else, but now he had a pers- personal experience. He said, that's what the church needs tonight is to stop studying so much theology and get down to an altar and pray until a personal experience burns into your heart and it burns out all the dullness and gives you a new vision. Hallelujah. Let's not, he said, let's take the other fella. He began in another place. Moses on the backside of a desert, just as full of doctrine as he could be. He knew all the ins and outs. He could even teach the Egyptians, some of the smartest people of that day. But one day he saw something in a fire. And it attracted him. And that's what we need today as a church on fire to attract. Amen. Not a dead church with cold creeds and dogmas and, and, and living on yesterday, 50 years ago fire. We need a fresh fire. The same fire that fell on the day of Pentecost can fall in this day and hour that we live in and give you a new vision. And you can see a God of not just history, but a God of today. And when the fresh Holy Spirit falls upon your life, it'll give you a new vision. And all the coldness and all the dullness and all the things that were in the past, now you can see now a true living God because of the light. Amen. He said, see, it's a church on fire that'll attract some of these Moseses. (laughs) Amen. Some of these Moseses and attract some of these sinners. It takes a fire to give an attraction. You know what to attract your attention right quick? Is somebody come in that door and start hollering, fire! Amen. Everybody be up and about and wondering what's going on. Amen. Even those that are sleeping and wake up. Amen. Why? Because they heard one word, fire. One fire. He said, that's what we got to have is the fire of the Holy Ghost. It'll attract the believer to see something. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He said, I remember an old friend of mine named Ben Pemberman. He said he quite a fellow over in St. Louis. He had a tent meeting going down there and nobody would come to it. So he took off running down the streets and began to scream, fire, fire, fire. And running, pointing down towards where his tent was. And up the street, he went throwing his hat up as high as he could and screaming, acting like a lunatic and had a tent meeting up there. Everybody began to run behind him, wonder what's going on, running to the fire. He said he got all them people in the tent. He said, well, while you're here, let me preach to you about some fire, some Holy Ghost in fire. And he started preaching just as hard as he could do. He said, the best thing that will attract a wayward man is the Holy Ghost in fire. That's the way God did it before, and that's the way God does it now. Amen. So instead of preachers hollering theology and theology and theology and mechanics and mechanics, it's time some of you start hollering fire, fire. We need the Holy Ghost in fire. We need the power of God back in our churches. We need him moving out sin, moving out unbelief. We need the days of Ananias and Sapphire. Come on, somebody. 
Amen. And burn out all the coldness and the, and the Amen. If we get some preachers hollering that a little bit, it'll change some attitudes. Moses didn't think he could do it. He done tried on his own with his doctrinal standpoints. And it didn't work. But he got to the fire. And the fire said, take your shoes off. I know you're a prince in Egypt, but you're nothing in my sight. Get off your shoes. Woo. Amen. You're on holy ground. Get rid of all that stuff you got in you. Oh, my. And he heard a sound. Oh, my. That's what happens when you get in the fire. When you come face to face with this holy fire of God, amen, it'll kick off the wrong shoes. It'll kick off the wrong clothes. It'll replace them, but it'll kick off the wrong clothes. It'll kick off the makeup. It'll kick up all because you might be somebody to some, some society, but with God, you're nothing but a piece of dirt. But he wants to put some real life on the inside of you and quicken that seed on the inside of you. But it takes fire. Amen, I preached on this not too long ago about being born in the fire of those big trees over in California. It puts off those seeds and they fall into the ground. Amen, but it takes a fire to actually open up that seed to where this life can come out of it. Oh, now we know what's wrong with a lot of churches. They ain't got their services hot enough. They ain't got the power of God moving. They done quenched it. A bunch of man-made theologies and creeds and dogmas and worried about somebody else's church and worried about what's going on over there. What you need to do is worry about what's happening in your own church. And say, God, I want the fire of God to come in my life, to come in my church, that seeds can open up and bring forth life. It takes fire. Amen. Moses didn't know what, he didn't know about all these other voices no more. He didn't heard the real voice. And the voice said, I've heard the cry of my people. I've seen their tasks, their problems and their situation, the taskmasters. I remember my promise and my covenant. Now that was something scriptural. And he says, he said, see, he said, a real, a, a scholar may hear about, and there's no such a divine healing and all a bunch of workup, but to a real believer, they won't listen to that. They'll listen to Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. They'll listen to I'm the Lord that heals all thy diseases. But Moses, he, he now is in the presence of the fire and all these other voices, the voices of his past, the voices of his past failures, the voices of Egypt was now all dead, and now he could hear the voice of God. And the voice of God was speaking. It was a pillar of fire. It attracted his attention. He said this great theologian, he had run with all of his theological training and all of his understanding from his mother. From his mother. But now the word itself came to him. And although his mother had thoroughly instructed him what to do and what he would do and what God had raised him, all this knowledge, as good as it is, it is good, but yet it has to be set off. Now follow me just a minute. It has to be set off. That knowledge is just only mechanics. Mechanics ain't what runs an automobile. The dynamics is what runs it. This is a quote now. Mechanics don't run the church. Hello, somebody. Mechanics don't run the church. It's the dynamics. 
It's the Holy Ghost that gets into the Word. It's not a seminary that teaches you all the theology and all the Greek interpretation, but it's the dynamics of the Holy Ghost in there to set you afire. To bring the past the word of God and make it live exactly what it was supposed to do in your hour. Not just the mechanics, but the dynamics. It takes both the word and the spirit. They're the one that gives the life. But God has promised for the hour. Looking, We need to start looking for it to be fulfilled. You must look at him. You must look to the light. There must be the word begin to illuminate you. Not just illuminate your mind. That's what people love. They love their minds illuminated. Well, I got more to I know more today than what I know. But it ain't knowing by the mind. It's knowing by the revelation in the heart because your mind will lie to you. You might, you, you know, you, you, you'll have mind battles. You say, well, Brother Timothy, I thought I had the Holy Ghost and I still got mind battles. Well, yeah, you're going to have them because you still got a mind. You still got the human elements. You still got things that are there. And you're, as, as much as your soul is sealed by the, uh, until the day of your redemption, your mind, it'll still wander. It'll still have. But the, prob- the difference is now there's a control tower on the inside. And it sees a thought that comes in. And it says, nope, I'm going to reject that thought. And you might have to reject that thought a hundred times a day for a whole month. And it's tormenting and coming and coming and coming. But there's something on the inside of you that's pushing it out, pushing it out. That's not just mechanics. That's dynamics. That's the dynamics of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And it'll push out those things and push out those thoughts. You're going to have them. Lord, I I don't even want to put up here today our thoughts as ministers. Put it, I wouldn't want we all got thoughts. Listen, I'll just be honest with you. You have something that goes on in your life, somebody does you wrong. Your first thought is not to hug their neck, it's not to shake their hand, it's not to even give them a smile. That's not your first thoughts. There'll be thoughts that welds up in you, and you want to wear them out. You want to take a something and just beat the tar out of them because they did you wrong. But something's different. Maybe the old man would have done that. You'd have got, you got something, you'd have beat the tar out of somebody because of what, and they did wrong. They did wrong. They did wrong. It doesn't change that they did wrong. They did wrong. But what changes is what the response is. It might come into your mind, but there's a control tower that says, no, that's not what you do anymore. Amen. Get on your knees and pray for them and, and I'll take care of it. Amen. But you have to reject those thoughts all the time. Amen. But see, this is, this is what Moses was. He had all kinds of thoughts. Don't you think he had enough time to think about all of his failures and all of his mistakes and all of his problems and all of those things? And then he meets the fire of God and God comes down and reveals himself in a personal way and he still walked away and he still had thoughts. He still had thoughts of failure, no doubt. And thoughts of what am I doing? But something on the inside, no, I met something real. This couldn't have been a man-made thing. I didn't do this on my own. I met somebody and he told me, go down there and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. That's the difference in your heart now. When you meet those saints, you begin to realize, no, I met somebody. And when I met somebody, he changed me on the inside. And I'm going to go down there with the word of God, and I'm going to speak to that thing and say, let my people go. 
This is where Moses was at. Attracted by the light. He said, see, the day that God had promised these things, we're now enjoying these things we're seeing, the world is laughing at. This great momentous power of the Holy Spirit that can change a sinner's heart, that can give a lukewarm church member and take him and give a testimony and set a church afire from where he came from out. It's the dynamics that got into the word. It's the light that shined. It was the light that attracted You know, it was Paul that was attracted, or actually his name was Saul at the time, but he was attracted by light. And I just want to take his testimony for a minute. Acts chapter 26 and 13, he says, At midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven, and above the brightness of the sun, shining around about, in other words, it was brighter than the sun. It It was so bright, it actually blinded him. So it was something, something that's shining round about me and them that journeyed with me. And when we were all falling to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me, saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecuted. Jesus, here he thought he was doing the Lord's work. Here he thought he was taking the light and he was, he was putting to death these heretics. He was shining light, but God was coming to show him the greater light. The greater light had come and he, he attracted him by light, pulling him off his high horse. Pull him off of his position and who he thought he was. I, I am the, you know, I'm the great Saul. I'm the great man of God. I've been commissioned to go down here and put these people in prison. I've been commissioned to do this. What, what is that? Pow. Off the four horse he comes and he's laid on the ground. And he's saying, Lord, who are you? And he says, I'm Jesus, whom thou persecutest. And a voice begins to speak, speak to him. He said, but rise, stand upon your feet. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes, oh hallelujah, and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sin and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith. That is in me. Hallelujah, I'm thankful to be one of those, amen, who was turned from darkness into light, from the power of Satan unto God. But God had to knock him off his high horse, who he thought he was, who he thought, you know, he's a lot different than Moses. Moses was the opposite. He was out there hiding. Here's Saul, the other direction. But God still attracted him by light. The gospel light is always the attraction of a true believer. It's what attracted you to church tonight. It's a light. Amen, the gospel light. It's what brings you to church on a Wednesday night or Sunday morning or, or special meetings or, or different places you want to go and different, different services. Brother Brown would talk about this. He says, he talks about the light begin to dim and people's interest in things. He said, where is the interest of the nation today for the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ? For the light, just some few loving will come anymore. Just some few loving. Others, it's too hot to sit in a building like this in the afternoon for an hour and listen to a gospel sermon. But they're willing to watch a television or a movie picture, something like that, even if it's right out in the boiling sun or a hot race of some sort. 
where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. He says, I'm so thankful that there's some that really love the Lord Jesus and will come out on a hot day or any day to listen to the gospel. He said, because in my opinion, the gospel never loses its attraction to the believer. Hallelujah. You say, well, I've been going 20 years. It never loses its attraction. It never loses its drawing power. You might be 20 years, 40 years or down along the journey. You ought to be more in love than God than you ever was. You ought to be more on fire for God than you ever was. Listen, if you have felt yourself dimming down, I encourage you, God, by the power of God tonight, get another log. Get another promise. Put it on that fire. It might not be nothing but a spark right now, but if you'll put another log on it, another promise of God on it, and begin to let the winds of the Holy Ghost begin to blow, it'll burst up in a flame again, and it'll set your family on fire. It's always been the attractant. The gospel is the light. He would say it another way, the supernatural has always attracted the attention of the believer. The supernatural, the gospel, yet it's in its simplicity, it's the greatest drawing card the world has ever known. Jesus said when he was here on earth, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Black, white, yellow, brown, whatever color, whatever race, the gospel still holds a center of attraction to every man and every woman. It's the light. We would see in Proverbs 4 and verse 18, it says, the path of the just is as a shining light. The path of the just is as a shining light, and that shineth more and more unto perfect day. Did you hear that? More and more. So if you've been going 20, 30, 40 years, you have no excuse, according to the word of God, for your light to be dimmer than when it was when it first started. Because we're not going by man-made light. What was on it, if, if truly what was born on the inside of you, it will not dim, it will not go down, it will not diminish, because it's not a man-made light. It's a God light. It's an eternal light. And it'll keep burning. It'll keep burning. He said, unto perfect day. It'll actually get brighter and brighter and brighter. It'll shine more and more and more the greater. So if your light's dimming down, you might ought to check your light and see if it's truly a God light. If you say, well, Well, Brother Timothy, we all got ups and downs. Yeah, but the light don't change. We all go through valleys and darkness and valleys and hills. Yeah, but the light don't change. Amen. The light, that is, it isn't going to go out, but it's going to shine brighter and brighter. That's why you ought to be looking for a new and fresh experience every day. Not just when you come to church. Not just once a month or once a year or New Year's. Every day. God, if I don't do anything more today, I want to love you more and serve you better. I want my fire to grow brighter. I I want my light to grow brighter. Amen. The darker it is, I want it to be. Because it says in the next verse, it says, the way of the wicked is as darkness, and they know not at what they stumble. Another translation would say, the ways of the right living people glow with light. It glows with light. Amen. Amen. And the longer they live, the brighter they shine. 
Amen. So that kind of get kind of throws a curveball in some of you people that wants to say, "Well, I'll tell you what: you just serve God forty years and see where you're at. You ought to be brighter. There ought to be more coming to your light. You ought to be building it up and saying, God, I want to do whatever I can for this light to shine out as far as it can shine.'" And as bright as it can shine. Amen. So now, but we know that there is a false light and there is a true light. But both attract. Amen. Both have a drawing power. But one glows and one shines. Now, you know, it took me a while to get to kind of get an understanding because Brother Brandon would use this term. He says the gospel glows, the world shines. And we just sang the song tonight, shine on me, Lord, shine on me. Amen. But what it's speaking about is actually the glow is not just a, a reflection of light. It's, it's an inward power. It's not, you know, you could take a mirror and you can reflect this light, but it wouldn't have no heat in it. It wouldn't have nothing to, you know, no, no self-preserving light. Amen. If you break the mirror, the light's gone. That's in side of it, but a glow has an inward power. There's something because see, God was not just interested in him being the light. He wanted to also give power to you to be sons and daughters of God. In other words, he wanted to light your life up. That you could also be a light. Amen. Amen. See, it's, a, it's also a glow means it has a radiant heat. It has a life inside of it. One is a reflector of another light and one is a maker of light. The word is reflecting. Amen. The world is reflecting another kingdom. But the children of God is not just reflecting the kingdom. The kingdom is living on the inside of him. And there is a glow. There's, amen, there's something moving. There's a power that radiates from the inside of him. This is why in Romans 12 and verse 11 in the Amplified Bible, it says, never lack in zeal and earnest endeavor, but be aglow and burning with the Spirit of God. Amen. Our lives should never lack in zeal or earnestness, earnestness about this gospel, but our lives should always be aglow because it's not a temporary light. And darkness can't do nothing about it. It's going to burn no matter how dark it gets. It's going to burn no matter how gloomy it gets. This light will burn no matter how hard the trial you go through and the darkness you face and the situation and the sickness, it'll still burn out and blow and glow out and give a light to a dying world. It's not just an outward shine, but a glow, a burning with the Spirit of God. You know, you can look over there. Let's see, I don't see one that's very visible right now. But there's all over here, there's electric plugs. Electric plug can look like a plug and have the characteristics of a plug, have the screws in the right place, have the cover just right, and all the counts look like an electric plug, but won't give power to nothing unless there's this hook to a source. It has to have, it's got to be hooked to a source. And then you can plug a vacuum cleaner in it and it'll run. You can plug an iron in it, and it'll run. You can plug a blow dryer in it, and it'll run. But you can plug it in there all day long, and if it ain't connected to the source or there's some issue somewhere, it ain't going to do, do nothing. It'll look pretty. It'll look right. It'll be just like, man, this, this should work. And this is where the church is. Looks like a church. Smells like a church. <laughs> Feels like a church in some ways. It's got some attributes of being a church. The cover's just right. Looks, looks, looks pretty, but they ain't, it ain't connected to a source. Therefore, it can't give power. There's no power there. 
amen, until it's hooked up to a source of electricity. It just, it just looks right, but once it's hooked, power begins to surge for, and it'll begin to power anything that's plugged into it. Same with the church. Amen. You can put a druggie in there and it'll get attached to that same power source. It'll begin to move in parts and places that that man had never experienced on any drug before. He had never experienced on any alcohol before. He had never experienced none of that before. Why? It's plugged into the same source as the power of light comes from. They said, let there be light. You know, there's a thing called fool's gold. It looks like gold. It even shines and glistens more than gold. But you can buy a bottle of water with it. It has no buying power. It's worthless. It ain't even worth the stuff that you can have a glob over that big and it's worth nothing. But it looks great. Shines great. There's been a lot of people through the years been, been shocked by what they thought was a fortune and they find out it ain't nothing. And they, There's going to be a lot of people like that on that day. Thought they had a lot of gold, a lot of glistening, a lot of glowing, a lot of, or a lot of glittering. Yeah. Brother Branham talks about this. He says, he says I, I was up there with Brother Softman one time in a mine. And I got there and dug out a bunch of what looked exactly like gold. But the only way you can tell it isn't gold, it shines better than gold. It shines. Gold doesn't shine. It glows. That's why it's called fool's gold. It's not even worth as much as the rock that's in it. It's called iron pyrite. Scientists talk about it, how that the waters and the acids couldn't get through it and to bring it to a place that it could become gold. Did you hear that? (laughs) So it shines better, but it don't have the same chemicals. It looks better, but it don't have the life. Or the buying power. You can take a little, almost you can't even see, a little piece of gold dust and buy way more. You can buy maybe a bottle of water. I don't know how much a piece of gold dust would be worth, but it's worth money. And we understand gold's going up and worth a fortune right now. Amen. Even more, more than ever. But, you know, you could take that big old hunk and you could barely carry it in. And you'd be so proud of it. It's shining. It's glistening. And it's having, you're just having a good time. And you put it and place it on the counter. And they tell you, it ain't even worth a bottle of water. This is where people are. In their lives, what they think is gold, they're going to find out is fool's gold. What they thought they could buy eternal life with is going to be worth nothing when it comes that day. I want something that glows. I want something that's got power in it. I want a gospel that's got life in it. He said, I, I, he said, I've been a prospector. You know, fool's gold shines brighter and real gold. It glitters, everything. Glitters is not gold. Gold doesn't glitter, it glows. The Hollywood, it'll glitter. Why? He says, but the gospel glows with humility. Hollywood shines with its great churches and its psychological teachings and, and, and educated ministers who can speak and use their nouns and pronouns and everything exactly right. But in humility, the gospel of Jesus Christ glows to the glory of God. Amen. He was saying in another place, he said, we, we need not to shine, we need to glow. Amen. We need to glow with the power of God. Glow with the gospel of God. Let the power of God be moving inside of us. 
Amen. Amen. Let it, let it move. He said, but the problem is the church is losing their identification. You come on. He said, we come on Wednesday night. Well, some of us, others stay home at that time. Who loved, who loved Susie or Lucy was going on? All kind of other worldly things, kind of entertainments keep you away from church. He said, we've lost it long ago. Our seminaries, our schools, a bunch of Rickies with a lot of theology and entertainment and a lot of psychology. We took dress. We took this. We took that. A lot of glitter. But no glow. He said, we let them come over. Amen. And, you know, we go over on their ground. He said, but what we need to do is let them come on our ground where the real baptism of the Holy Ghost is glowing in the power of resurrection. It's not trying to build a church like this. It's not trying to build a, have a pastor like that or to cooperate something with the world. They shine with Hollywood. But the gospel glows with power. And the eagle will see it every time. They don't look for a shine. They look for a glow. They look for the power on the inside. Not some little glitter and glamour, you know, and carry on. We want something with life on the inside of it. You know, Sister Anna Paris actually brought this to my attention. She's good at that. I don't know if y'all know Sister Anna yet or not. She's moved to our church with the Paris family. Lovely sister. She's got a lot of facts. She studies a lot, apparently. Don't mean to embarrass you. But, man, she's, she's full of good facts. And last Wednesday, I was preaching on light, and she Googled it. It was brought to my attention about bugs because we was talking about the windshield or the lights on your car. You'll go home, and there'll be a lot of bugs come out, Right? They're looking for something. And I want to bring this right in here because we're looking for a gospel that don't glitter or a false light. We're looking for a glow, a power. But a bug don't just go to a light to die. You know, a bug don't fly out of the forest tonight and say, you know what, woo good night to die. No, no. Actually, it's a theory. You know, it has to be a theory because apparently you can't ask a bug if this is really what happens. But scientists that have studied this said the theory is there's many of them that feed on nectar from flowers which are known to reflect ultraviolet light. Some light bulbs give off a small amount of ultraviolet light, potentially causing hungry bugs to mistake a bulb for flowers. That's powerful right there. Because you begin to realize people don't go to places they go to to die. They go there because they're attracted to a light, but they don't realize it's a glitter and not a glow. Therefore, I mean, you know, a person don't join a Methodist church or any other kind of denomination because they're some evil person. They join that because they are a hungry person. They're hungering for the thing. Even a person many times don't, don't become an alcoholic or a druggie because they want to be an evil person and steal and pillage and destroy. But no, there's something on the inside of them, a God-given thirst, and they go to the wrong source. Amen. This is where we find people, even message ranks that have found themselves, amen, disillusioned and things. They didn't go there to a false light because they were a bad person. They went there, amen, because they were hungry. Hallelujah. But if you are hungry tonight, there is something that'll feed you. There is a real light that'll give you strength, that'll give you nourishment, that'll bring you back to where you belong. But it won't glitter. It won't be maybe the best dressed people on the planet. You know, they got their 
they got their tie just right and their clothes just right and they're dressed to the tens and they got their cuff links on. Man, they can dress the part. But inside of them, they're dark. And they're demon for every, every cage of every unclean and hateful bird. You didn't go there because you was a bad person. You went there because you was hungry. But there is a place to be fed. There is a true light. Amen. There is something that can move and take, take that pain away from you. They can take that discouragement away from you. They can take that hurt away from you. They can take those things. There is a true light. And it glows with the power of Almighty God. That's why we got to preach a gospel that not only, amen, not, we're not interested in one that can just produce an alcoholic anonymous meeting and you just go and you just continue on as you are. No, we got to have a gospel that has such a glow about it that there's a power of God on the inside that it ain't going to let you remain the same. But it's going to change you. It's going to mold you. It's going to make you. Amen. It's going to show you the light of the word. Amen. He said, see, when people are hungry, they'll eat from anywhere. If a child is starving or a person is starving, they may have used to eat from a fine table. But they get hungry, they'll eat from a garbage can. He said, but when they're hungry, they'll eat somewhere. He said, that's why I think real true ministers of the gospel ought to be up and going, ought to be giving the people the right things. Meat in due season, a gospel that lives. A gospel that glows, a gospel that, that has strength. Amen. There is a true light. There is something with light that will attract and fill the believer's hunger and heart. There is a gospel that will pull. There's a light that will pull the believer. It was a light that was walking down a dusty road. And up on a hill was a woman that had a blood issue. What attracted her? That light. There was all kind of people saying false prophets, saying this, that, and the other. But she saw through all of that. And she saw the true light that was being lifted up. Amen. There was many that, that we could go through, the lepers and the blind and the halt and the lame. Amen. That would find real true attraction. When nothing else could help them, they'd went to false lights. They'd went to places, and they just cast them out and put them out. And they was out on the streets begging. But all of a sudden, a real light would walk by. And this light was bright enough, it'd light up a blind man. He, even a blind man, could see it. And he'd begin to scream out, God, have mercy on me. Move on my heart and my life. Amen, Brother Brandon, will you go listen to that message? I've been trying to get to it, but what is the attraction on the mount? Amen. And he said, what was it? It was the word being manifested, being fulfilled that attracted the believer. That's what attracted us to where we are today is the word being fulfilled. It's the word being made manifest. It's the word coming to fruition in our lives. Brother Ron Spencer made a, one of the most amazing statements at a youth camp one time. He said, if this message don't produce the same overcoming life in me that it did in William Branham, I don't want nothing to do with it. There has, there's a power there. There's an attraction. Not just to a miracle. Yes, that does attract. But it was more than that. It was the word behind the miracle. The word that spoke of it and said it would be. And it attracted our attention. And that's why we're here. And we're looking at it, still looking at it, even past all the chaos and all the critics and all the people. Wants to come up and say this was wrong and that was wrong. I'm not looking at none of that. My eyes is on the light. Yeah. 
and this light is glowing. This is where the people were as he was coming off the Mount of Olives on a white donkey walking down the hill. A whole bunch of people were screaming, frantically pulling palm leaves off the trees, throwing their clothes in the road, screaming, Hosanna to the Son of God that comes in the name of the Lord. What had brought them there? The light had brought them there. The word being manifested brought them there. The anointed Messiah of the hour was walking down, was coming down the road. He said that, what was the attraction up there on the hill? It was God making history, God fulfilling prophecy. That's what causes an attraction. Is a light shining. Amen. On a darkened scripture and all of a sudden it's fulfilled. And you're looking like, wow, it just happened. Where are we at? And it illuminates. It's going to illuminate to some people when they see bombs dropping and all of a sudden words being fulfilled. But it's going to be too late. Don't wait till it's too late to come to the light. There is a true light. He said, sure, it causes an attraction. Of course, it brings the vultures, it brings the critics, but it also brings the eagles. Hallelujah. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. They come together to find out what's going on. Some come for curiosity. Some come to find fault. Some come to criticize. All kinds gather. But as we said, make believers, believers, unbelievers. What's on the mountain? Prophecies being fulfilled. What's happening in our day? Prophecies being fulfilled. What is the attraction that's going on in tonight? Why are you here? Because prophecies being fulfilled. Light is dawning on scriptures. And it's like a Roman candle is being blowed out. And light's coming. And light's coming. Light's coming. Why you still believe the message of the hour, Brother Timothy? Because it's light. It glows. It has a power that I haven't found anywhere else. It's a power that'll keep me in my darkest hours. It's a power that'll keep me when I'm going through the darkest trial of my life. And I can say like Job, though God slay me, yet I'll trust him. Why are you here? Why are you sitting here on these pews tonight? Because of light. You've been attracted not to a building, not to a man, not to some polished up scholar. Not to some man that could put all of his words together and it flowed just like, just perfectly. But you're seeing scripture being fulfilled. And light is flashing. And it's moving like never before. And light is getting greater and greater and greater. And as I said last Wednesday, don't worry. It's dark, but right behind the darkness is the greatest light that's ever shined. The eternal, bright and shining day that'll be an eternal day, never to be dark again. Oh my. Could you imagine breaking in that day and never having another mind battle? Never having the word fear enter into your mind anymore, or the feeling of fear, or, or the sensation of fear, or, or the worry and the dread. That's where we're going to. But yes, it's getting darker, but it's getting darker because light is pushing. 
It's getting darker because light is dawning and it's pushing against the darkness and darkness is trying to hold it back, but it can't do it. It can't hold it back. Amen. Just in case you thought I was crazy the other Wednesday, I found something this, this evening. Amen. The church age book, he said, through the dark ages, we'll see children of the flesh persecute and destroy the children of the spirit, though both claim one father. Even in the case of Ishmael and Isaac, the darkness of spiritual corruption will deepen and the true light of God will fade until number wise, it'll grow so faintly. Yet the promise of God will hold true. The light shineth in darkness and darkness can do nothing about it. Hallelujah. Amen. They can criticize. They can do whatever they want to, but they will never, can somebody say never, never put out this light. This light is shining and it's going to shine like a lighthouse until that last soul comes home. And when that last soul comes home, we're going to step under that glorious light. Are you ready to go with me? Are you ready to rise out of the muck of this old world? Get past all the fear and all the things that are around us and enter into that glorious light. The glowing of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's stand to our feet. Why are you attracted? Because you was hungry. How many's found him to be the nourishment you needed? <laughs> oh my. You find he's out in the desert somewhere, all of a sudden you saw a light. And Moses found him to be exactly what he needed. Critic, I found this message to be exactly what I need. If you don't need it, I'll take it. If that ain't what you want, ain't what you want looking for, go do your own thing and have a good time while you're doing it. But as for me and my house, I found the light that I need. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's bow our heads. The light shineth in darkness, and darkness can do nothing about it. That's got to make every devil in hell mad. I like to just tell it again. Darkness, you can't do nothing about this light. This light will always shine. You can line every devil up. You can bring all the darkness you want to bring. But this light will continue to shine. Oh my, how many is glad you sing that light? Your, your ship was out on that old dark sea. But all of a sudden you saw a glow. The lighthouse. The lighthouse. Shining on me. Won't you move to that lighthouse tonight? There's safety there. This lighthouse I'm speaking of tonight is safety. It'll bring you through every storm. It'll bring you through the loss of loved ones. It'll bring you through every sickness. This light will never go out. Hallelujah. I wonder how many would just say, Lord, I want to be like that scripture in Proverbs. I want my light to get greater. I want it to get greater, Lord. Build it up. Build up that fire in me, God. Let that revival just build and build and build. We don't have to go out of this old world with just barely a flicker. We can go out of here as a great flame of God burning. Lord Jesus, you see the hands lifted all over this building.
May the fire of God be built up in every life. Lord, whatever it is we've allowed to come in, Lord, and the darkness to cover, but Lord, may our lights be lifted up even the greater. Lord, burn even the brighter, Father. Lord, that we can attract that last seed home. Because, Lord, we're, we're tired of this whole world. Tired of the darkness, Lord. We're tired of the sickness and things around us and the problems and the situations. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Let that light dawn, that eternal, bright, and fair day. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Bless your people tonight. Take this little sermon, Lord, and just help us, Lord, to see the good things in it, Lord, and the truth of your word. Feed off of it, Father. Lord, if there be someone, Lord, that's been disillusioned and been battered, and Lord, they got attracted to the wrong light, but God, they want to turn to the true light, Lord, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. May they realize there is a place they can find safety. There is a place, Lord, that they can find healing and deliverance, Lord. They can find the things that they're hungry for. There is a, there is a, a God who's able to fill and every heart's desire. There is a word, Lord. There is a gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Do we have the words to the lighthouse? I don't even know if we have the, the key, but we can try it. There's a lighthouse on the hillside. There's a lighthouse on the hillside that looks like Life from that old lighthouse.
being certainly thankful, amen, for his word to us, amen. Just wanted to again remind you to help move the tables and the chairs over there. I can, Brother Tim, announcement, don't pass go, don't collect $200, go straight to the building, get your chairs and your table, amen, but I know that you'll be willing to help out with that, so thank you very much. Amen. Remember the ones that are traveling this weekend, the services in Dallas. Remember the services here on Sunday. Amen. And those prayer requests that we mentioned. Let's sing that song as we go. He didn't bring us this far to leave us.